1: Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about
0: what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something
1: meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast, Episode 116. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery, as well as our guest for today, Taryn Strong. Taryn, along with her mother, Dawn Nickel, is the co-creator of the She Recovers movement. Raised by recovering parents, recovery has been a part of Taryn's everyday life since childhood, and she's dedicated to helping women shine their beauty from the inside out. Taryn is grateful to be in recovery from drug addiction, self-harm, disordered eating, and codependency. Taryn completed her yoga teacher training in 2007 after falling in love with yogic philosophies and the power of transformation through the mind-body-spirit connection. She received her Yoga for Recovery certification and her Yoga for Trauma certification in 2014. Over time, Taryn has developed a unique Yoga for Recovery program, which integrates yoga and meditation with spirituality and recovery principles from a wide variety of recovery pathways. Including but not limited to the 12 step pathway. Taryn is an influencer in the cyber sober world and on social media. In addition to teaching yoga classes across Victoria, BC, and leading the Yoga for Recovery program for She Recovers, Taryn, a true entrepreneur, is also the creator and artisan behind the She Recovers malas. Taryn is a powerhouse. We're thrilled to know her and know her as a client on our platform. And let's go ahead and get started with the conversation. So welcome, Taryn, to the podcast. This has been a long time coming. We are so happy to have you here today.
2: Thank you. I'm really excited to be here because it has been a long time. It finally happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's finally happening. So uh, Sandy and I, I know I can speak for both of us in saying this, we just admire you and your work so much. And we're excited to share... A little bit about your story with our broader community. I know many folks know who you are, but not everyone. And so I am so curious about your history and your background getting into online yoga and getting into yoga for recovery. And so I would love to just sort of go back for our listeners and start at the beginning, sort of your journey into this space. How old were you when you started practicing? What led you to where you are today?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I have been a dancer since the age of three. So for me, movement has always been one of the therapeutic modalities in my life. I didn't realize that at the time, of course, growing up. But looking back, I've always used movement and moving my body as a form of therapy. When I was a teenager, I came across a drug addiction, I guess we could say. It happened really very quickly and very unexpectedly because I was an on-roll student and a pianist and a dancer, etc., but quickly became addicted to drugs. But luckily, I have parents in recovery, and I was able to get back on the path of recovery. So then fast forward a few years, I was 18 was the first time that I discovered yoga, and I had been practicing yoga at home via DVDs. I was doing them in my living room. My sister bought me a DVD set for Christmas from Costco one year. And I was really enjoying the DVDs, but finally gathered up the courage to go to a yoga class because I was so intimidated to try it in a, in a studio setting. And the first class was absolutely life-changing for me. Uh, The teacher was talking about gratitude, and this was a time in my life when I was unable to cultivate gratitude. It was a really hard time for me. My mom had cancer. My sister and I had just moved to Victoria from Alberta, Canada, to be with her, and didn't have a job, didn't have friends, was really concerned about mom, who, side note, she's cancer-free, thriving. So it, it was a really hard time, and I went to this yoga class, and I left the class feeling full of gratitude and content and happy and hopeful. And in that moment, I decided, I don't know how or what this is gonna look like, but I need to share this with as many people as I can going forward. Like this is, I realized in that, that, that day that this was my life's purpose. I didn't know how though. So I started the karma program at my local yoga studio and just started practicing there every day. Took the yoga teacher training program and then started teaching locally. Now because of my family's history and my personal experience with addiction, when I took my yoga teacher training program in 2007, I knew that I wanted to focus my path and my studies and my learning and my teaching, um, for yoga for recovery. And at that time I was just focused on drug and alcohol recovery because that was again, my experience and my family's experience. So I was teaching my first teaching job. I volunteered at a local detox facility and I did that for a year. So I only had my yoga teacher training because back in 2007, It was a bit underground, this concept of yoga for recovery. I couldn't find any resources, I couldn't find any literature, I couldn't find any training. So I took it upon myself to create my own yoga for recovery program. And the folks that were attending the detox facility were my guinea pigs. So I learned teaching in that capacity, really I learned the hard way what not to do. I didn't have a trauma informed training yet, that didn't happen seven years later till 2014. But I, I learned through going through the process how to trigger people, what to do if you trigger somebody, and what to do if somebody disassociates, and you know all of those things that I wasn't aware of initially. So it was focusing on drug and alcohol addiction. And then in 2011, 2012 is when my mom and I um, had started You know, She Recovers. It was just a Facebook page. And then we thought, let's do a yoga for recovery retreat just for fun, for women. We'll just do one. It's a bucket list item. And then we'll move on with our lives. <clears throat> And that first retreat, again, was was so amazing and so life changing that there were 20 women there. The day, the last day of the retreat, half of the women handed us their deposits for the next year's retreat. We hadn't even decided. We we honestly were only going to do one retreat and never do it again. So when the women handed us their their checks for the deposit, we said, oh, I guess we're doing this again. And then it's evolved from there. And we have, you know, the umbrella of recovery has widened, not only for my teaching, but also for our business. She Recovers as well. Really, it's become a yoga class and a community, an online community, an in-person community for women, self-identified women recovering from life, right? Like all the things. And the way that I, um, you know, got to yoga online was because we have an international following, I guess we could say. We have women who come to our retreats from all over the world, and we have women in our social media channels from all over the world, and they were asking for it. They were the ones that were saying, um, I don't have yoga for recovery in my city, or women that I met personally that we wanted to stay in contact with, that you know, we practiced together on retreat. We wanted to keep that connection. So really, it was the prompt of the women in our community that I realized I need to do online yoga for recovery. And the way that I found Nama Stream, your gals' is amazing platform. I was in Bali a few years ago, and I was I was googling online yoga, and you were the first to come up. And I was just so impressed with the resources that you provided. You know how because I, I had no idea. I was so clueless. I still. Don't know what I'm doing, but I'm faking it pretty
0: well. I think you do.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, your resources were just so outstanding that I, I knew that Stream was the platform I wanted to use. And it's been incredible. I wish, you know, I was kicking myself. I wish I had done it sooner. I think we all say that about certain things because it has been so easy and you've made it so effortless and so fun. But yeah, that's the evolution of my online yoga and yoga for
0: recovery. So I want to know a little bit more about your mom, who, yeah. Dawn, who we've met and we love as well. And So did she also have addiction issues? Yes. Yeah, she did. So you, I love this sort of idea that you were in, you know, you you had experienced this with addictions and then you went to yoga and somehow in your mind, you put these two together, even though that was not a thing way back then, what did it take to get your mom involved on the yoga side? Like, when did she go to her first class? Uh, What, you know, what stage of recovery was she in? How did she what did she think you were crazy? Did you did she think did she initially, like wonder what you were doing? Or did she get it?
2: Yeah, no, that's such a great question. And it's a funny story. So yeah, mom is in recovery from substance use disorder as well. She has decades worth she entered recovery when I was four. So in the 80s, and she did 12 step programs, and she did treatment so that those were her recovery modalities. So yeah, so here I come along. And for me, I respect the 12 steps. I have nothing but love and respect for the 12 steps and I've been attending meetings since I was four cuz mom brought my sister and I when she <laughs> would go. But they didn't they didn't really they didn't do it for me, you know. I I think for me because movement is so important and I realized that the 12 steps were really great at addressing the mind and the spirit, but but not the body. So when I discovered yoga, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this is recovery. So yeah, at first, my mom, because she is such a traditional, she was, she was, I should say, we've converted her. She was such a traditional 12-stepper. She was a little bit when I told her yoga for recovery, like I got this idea. And she thought, yeah, she she was like, I wouldn't say she wasn't supportive, but she wasn't like, oh, that's the best idea ever. She was just kind of like, yeah, okay, you go do your thing and let me know how it goes. And she though, bless her heart, she's not a yoga person. She's and she's not afraid to admit it. And I'm okay with it. Totally okay with it. But she when I first started teaching yoga for recovery. So after the detox facility, so I did that for a year. And then I went to the yoga studios and they didn't they didn't want to teach it. So I just rented their offer it. So I rented a space. And I kid you not. For years, I was teaching it Sunday mornings, and then I switched the time to a Tuesday evening. My mom was the only student. Sometimes I would have like one or two other people, maybe like sometimes other people. But for years, my mom was the only person who would show up, despite not being a yoga person. But she was starting to um, what was really power powerful, pardon me, for her, and what she realized was missing in her recovery was um, the mindfulness and connecting with her body. In 12-step programs, you know, th- there's the focus on meditation, but what she realized was when she's also in recovery from workaholism is her most recent thing. So if I could get her on the mat when I did for an hour and she could just breathe and connect with her body for an hour, she saw the ripple effect that that had for her in her recovery. So does that answer your question? She's yeah, she-
0: Yes, it does. I'm curious about something you just said. The local studios didn't want you to teach yoga and recovery. Was it just so new? So or did they think there's not a need? Like, what was their Do you have any sense of their rationale? You
2: know, I think it was the stigma
0: uh-huh.
2: associated around they never Yeah, it was I think people were Yeah, I think the idea because at that time as well, I was just focused on the drug and alcohol. It wasn't recovery from everything. It was it was yoga for recovery, drug and alcohol addiction. So I honestly, I think, and bless their hearts, they're good people. But I think that they had this vision of, oh, we don't want to just have a bunch of drug addicts and alcoholics coming to our yoga studio, you know, so they didn't get it.
0: Yeah, I have to say that's one thing that really affected me. We met you finally in person at your most recent live event in LA. And, you know, that is not my story in this lifetime to have any drug and alcohol addiction, thankfully. But to be immersed in your beautiful community with these women who are dealing with that, have these, you know, horrible, difficult, tragic stories coming out of this. And they are just the most lovely people that are for age, you know, from 20 to late 70s and everything in between, all walks of life that you would never, ever dream that had Drug and alcohol addiction, or other addictions, it was, it was so eye opening, and just the work that you and your mom have done with the with she recovers was just. It was amazing to witness in person. It really truly affected me. I see the world from different eyes because I see how normalized drinking is. And, uh, let's go for a glass of wine. You know, you just throw that out, not thinking, does that other person perhaps struggle with that? And does that glass of wine turn into a bottle of vodka? And oh my God, what have you just, you know, like I've never thought that way before. And so I am really sensitive about language around drinking and alcohol and just how it's so pervasive in our culture and so anyway i just thank you it was it was really eye-opening a really eye opening and a beautiful beautiful experience
2: thank you for sharing that and we feel the same we have um, we've always known this but then we actually did a did a survey with the pennsylvania university and we've been able to quantify that about 80% of the women in our community are recovering from substance use disorder drugs or alcohol
0: and then the other 80 did you just say 80? 80? Yeah, uh-huh. 80 80%
2: and then the other women identify as recovering from grief and codependency and trauma and eating disorders, etc. But one of the, you know, main missions of our movement, and it's to come back to your point is, we all know what addiction looks like, there's a stigma around that. But there's also a bit of a stigma around recovery. And we really want to show the world what recovery looks like. Because for so long, people who were in recovery were anonymous and didn't talk about it. And right. that in part is because they meet
0: in basements somewhere. I don't know who they are.
2: That's just it, and that's one of the kind of traditions of a 12-step program is it's an anonymous program. You do not talk about it. So that's it was a little bit controversial for us when we first started doing our thing because people were like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 you're coming out mm-hmm. and you're telling everybody your your stuff, your baggage. You need to keep it to yourself." But we want to show people like who would have thought my mother, who's this, she has her PhD and, you know, all the, whatever, all the things that she has, not that that stuff really matters, but you would never have known the past that she's had, that she was a drug dealer. And when I was a kid and like, you would, you would just never know. So I I find that's really inspiring to me and other people.
1: I want to share something personal that this is bringing up for me, Taryn, because I feel like you welcome <laughs> like you you make such a safe space for people. Um, and one of the things that came up for me at your LA conference was I, I my father was a drug addict and um, he ultimately passed away from that and when I was younger. and I remember he would go on business trips, but he was I learned later as an adult that those were actually he was in treatment facilities. and it was such a hidden, it was such a hidden controversial topic that like my whole life I question because I don't know what I was you know what was the truth and so I just I also want to commend your mother for being so open as from with you and and your sister it sounds like from a a young age and making the process so open and apparent for you because it it does it does help I think what the work that you all are doing taking the stigma away from that because you don't have families don't have to have all these secrets and you don't have to be constantly hiding from your story or your history anymore. And for me to spend those few days in LA with the women that you brought together, I've never been in a, an environment where this stuff is talked about like that. So just personally for me, I just want to thank you for creating that space. Um, I have a lot of work to do with that issue still. And it just, it really, it's not my personal story of my addiction, but it's really my family story. So thank you for that. Thank you for
0: sharing. Beautiful. Well,
1: there's probably not many people who haven't been touched by addiction. Like my grandfather was
0: an alcoholic and we had many terrible family dinners, you know, with him being. Yeah. So but I also what I what I also loved about that event was there was people who were like outwardly shouting their sobriety with like sobriety necklaces and T-shirts and slogans and sayings. And I was like, that is so cool because that is just not it is. Not talked about, and I think to make this sort of fun and desirable this way of living, it's like catchy. and like, I don't know, I just I just thought it was was it is not I just love that that it was out and here I am, and this is what happened to me, and now I'm living it this way. and you can invite me out socially or not, but I am, you know, I'm so Absolutely
2: right? I think that for so many of us, it's the shame that keeps us stuck or sick for so yeah. long. So to be able to be in an environment where, Shame, like we've shame doesn't exist. We recover from our shame. We've all done stuff that we're ashamed of, but there's mm-hmm. no need, right? Like my mom, one of her famous quotes in our community is, "The shit you did is just the shit you did. It's not who you are." So today, yeah, yeah, be proud of where you are now and and who you've become. I know that everything that I've experienced in my life, every addiction, I always say, every insecurity, every heartbreak, brought me to exactly where I am right now, and I wouldn't change any of it. And I am, I am super proud of
1: what I've been through and where I am. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy to use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live stream programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. You can learn more at namastream.com. So
0: since we're talking about she recovers, let's uh go back and hear a little bit about the history. I believe you and your mom started it. So what was the conversation like between you and her when when you decided to create this Facebook group? What was the purpose of it? and did you have a bigger vision or did that sort of evolve later?
2: Yeah great question and we had no intention other than the facebook page and this is how it started so as i mentioned moms in recovery from substance use disorder um, you know cancer perfectionism workaholism was her latest thing that happened in 2010 and 2011, she hit a wall with her workaholism and she had to take a stress of leave from work. And that was four months long. And in those four months, she, she, she's a writer. So write, writing is a part of her therapy, right? Her recovery tools. So she started blogging every day and the blog was called recovering dawn. And she was blogging every day about her workaholism and her reflections on how her workaholism was so similar, like it felt so similar to her drug addiction, kind of the same insane behaviors and just the same thought patterns and feelings. So she was anonymously, because remember back then you, had, you needed to remain anonymous, especially because she had a high level job in government. So it was just called Recovering Dawn. She was blogging and women were finding it and women were resonating with her message and her blog was becoming really um, a really great resource for women in recovery, which wasn't planned. And then she had to go back to work, right? Her stress, stress leave was over. So she went back to work and in true workaholism form, she was now back to work full time and trying to maintain her blogging every day ritual. Well, we all know a blog takes a lot of time and effort, right? Like it's not just a something you just throw up on there. So she was slipping back into her workaholism way. So that's when I had suggested do a Facebook page, do a Facebook page. And that way you can post like this is when the inspirational memes had just started happening. You know, post little memes with your little quotes from your blog. And it's just this will be a little more digestible for you and less work for you. So she's the one at that time who decided to call it "She Recovers" because she didn't want it to be about her anymore. I mean, she never did; that was never the intention. But she wanted it just to be about women in recovery. So that's how the "She Recovers" Facebook page was created. And at the same time, I was—so yeah, at the same time, I was getting my first certification called Yoga of Recovery, which I did at the Shivananda Yoga Ashram in California. Um, so I'm doing the yoga for recovery stuff. She was doing the Facebook stuff. And then about a year later is when we thought let's, let's do the yoga retreat. And as I mentioned, that was just going to be a one-time thing, just going to be a one-time thing. And then go back to just having a Facebook page and, and a yoga for recovery class. But then the retreat, as I mentioned it, um, you know, women wanted to come back. So one retreat turned into a few retreats a year which then evolved into us doing more of the events like the conference style events and workshops and everything that we've done has been organic and it's evolved and it's been a co-creation of the women in our community because we're just listening to what they're asking us for. So when we were doing the retreats, some women were saying, I can't, I can't make it to a retreat. I can't take a week off or I can't make it to Mexico or Canada. Do you think you could ever just do like a little workshop in my town? So that's when we started doing the one day events And then women were saying, yeah, this is great. Actually, this was us. We were realizing that at events and workshops, it was just mom and I. And we know that so many other women have such great content to offer. So that's why we wanted to do a conference style event so that we could have a bunch of different speakers and a bunch of different workshops to showcase a variety of different things we recovery from and a variety of different ways to recover. So that was that we have a recovery coach program which was because women were asking how they could become evolved, involved and how they could bring um, the She Recovers message into their city. So the coach program is a way. We have coaches doing sharing circles and, and meetups all across North America right now and Sydney, Australia. And then lastly, I've had my my amazing community of yogis asking for a yoga teacher training. So I've just created my inaugural She Recovers Yoga Teacher Designation Program. So it's for women who have at least a 200-hour. And it's going to be a 22-hour course designation. And it's going to be focused on trauma, like trauma-informed yoga and yoga for recovery and holding space for women and that type of stuff. So it's all been an evolution and a co-creation with the community. We're just listening to what they want.
1: So I want to dive into this a little bit because... The, I didn't realize the entire trajectory of your story until you've shared it here today. And I want to just talk about this idea of perseverance with you, because I, I think a lot of people in our community, especially people who are also in the process of starting programs or businesses or projects out in the world, need to understand that you when you started this work, you, you just shared with us that for years... It was just you and your mom showing up week after week, right? And maybe a few other people. And now you've built this idea collaboratively with your mom over many years into a movement, really a social movement that has, I just checked, I was just, that's why I was distracted for a second, to over 274,000 people on your Facebook page. And I mean, Sandy and I got to experience the power of this last live event, this one in Los Angeles. I mean, with like Hollywood glitterati and like so many women from all over the world coming together. It was really phenomenal. And I've done, I've done events and I just, I also want to commend you on the professionalism, just the the experience of being in that space was really powerful. You did an amazing job. And I and I want to note the fact that this was not an overnight success. That This is something that you just said was created organically over time based on what your community needed and what you felt like you needed to put out in the world. And that's what, what I would encourage everyone listening to do with their own work. So often people get frustrated if the first week or the first month or the first year, something doesn't turn into an overnight success. And I, I think you're such a... shining example of this concept of perseverance and really building something over time that's meaningful to people and that ends up having its own legs. So...
2: I want to say two things to that. The first thing is I have to mention Dara Meyer and Peyton Kennedy. They're our event producers.
0: Right. And they
2: are the creative logistical brains behind our events. So aren't they And they're fun. They're so So fun. those two women... Uh, make us look so good because they are the create, like I said, the creativity and the logistics behind our events. and We're so lucky to have them. And I also want to add that, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I think that that is important because there are so many times when I wanted to give up and that we wanted to give up. And I want to be really real as well, that if we were to look at She Recovers as a business on paper right now, financially, It's not a success right now. She Recovers is expensive passion project that we have had that we are not giving up on. We are still, um, you know, we have some other ideas this year of how we're going to start kind of monetizing because the intention has never been This to be a business, right? It has just kind of, the intention has always Mm -hmm. been for us to cover our costs. And we've been really lucky that for the most part, we have covered our costs with the things that we do. Not always. We see this business as a huge success because of the lives that we're changing and the women that we're touching, right? But I just want, you know, like I said, to keep it real and be really transparent. Yeah. Business wise, not so successful yet, but we are hoping that, you know, that is the intention in 2019 is we need to get we need to get paid. And I think that that's something that as women and as men, but especially I think kind of in this healing modality of work that we do as well we we don't we don't think that we deserve to be paid or we don't think that that's a, that's a funny subject right and yep. that's probably a whole whole other mm-hmm. podcast <laughs> episode but yeah right now we're focusing on the lives we're changing and then hoping to pay our bills with it as well <laughs> but we're not there yet we're not there yet
0: mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that and i think we tend to look at others as we just assume they're successful in all ways. And, you know, you would think 274000 in a Facebook group, they must be making so much money. And it's just not the case. And I know Jenny and I, we've been following companies for years. And then all of a sudden, they're like gone because, you know, they weren't profitable enough to survive. And so I think we must caution ourselves when we just assume that somebody is doing so great and not to take away from your oh, yeah. success with all the yeah. lives you've impacted at all, but just, you know, strictly exactly. speaking financially. I have a question for you, and I've when I first when you guys first contacted us about coming out to LA, and you told me that your first I think you you phrased it as your first conference. We probably used the word conference, but our first one was in New York. I didn't realize you had all these smaller ones in one day in local markets and stuff. And I was like, what made them think that their first big conference they could go to New York City and have a huge venue? And I think you had Gabby Bernstein there. Is that right? How, who are they to think that they could do that and sell out and invite Gabby, you know, Bernstein? These two Canadian women, like, I love the gumption, I love it. But like, where did that come from? Did you did you have to like talk yourselves up into that, or did you just know that if you're going to do it, you're going to do it big and go down to the states yeah. and go to New York? you know, yeah. not Seattle, which is like, you know, or Vancouver. Yes, You're going to New York. Oh my gosh.
2: It's so funny to reflect on that. So the reason we chose New York is because um, when we looked at our social media analytics, when we looked at our Facebook followers, the most of our women are in New York in on the East side, which is hilarious because yeah, mom and I are Canadian. We hmm. are from Victoria, British Columbia. We are these West Coast Canadians, but the largest percentage of our following are on the East Coast of the States. So that was our intention for choosing New York. And then what happened was we we reached out to four women who live in New York and who are really big in the recovery world. So I'll, and so they were Gabby Bernstein, like you mentioned, Marianne William, Williamson, who might be running for president right now, and she's the big Course in yeah. Miracles woman, <laughs> Elizabeth Vargas from 2020, and Glennon Doyle, Goyle, Glennon Melton, sorry, she just changed her last name, Glennon Melton. So we reached out to all four of them thinking, maybe, maybe if we're lucky, one of them will say yes. Well, all four of them said yes. So at that point, we thought, well, you don't say no thanks to Mary. Like, who do you, how do you pick one out of these four? They all said four because they were all just so excited about hearing about what we're up to. So when they all said yes, we, yeah, it was that moment of, we do not have a budget for this. We have no idea how this is going to work or how this is going to happen, but we're doing it anyways. We're going to go big. We're going to go. We're just going to do it and just have faith that it's all going to work out. And and it did all work out. And we chose the reason that we chose the hotel that we chose, the Conrad Hilton in the financial district, is we were looking at a few. Obviously, we were looking at a bunch of different hotels, but the Conrad Hilton, it had this really modern vibe about it. And what we were wanting to focus on is that this is what modern recovery looks like. Modern recovery is about using meditation and using yoga and using essential oils and using writing and dancing and, you know, just using it's this whole patchwork of recovery. It's not just one way is the only way to recover. So that's why we chose the venue we chose. And that's why we had those four speakers that we had. And yeah, it was the whole time. And to this day, we're like, we are and we're crazy. I cannot believe we did that. And the same thing happened after New York that happened after our first, like during the retreat is we were like, this is great and all, but we're never doing it again. This is going to be a one time thing. We just thought we were crazy. and We were never going to do it again. But the ama- the experience was so amazing. And then to see the 500 women go back into their communities And feel, like you've talked about, feel so proud of themselves and to have let go of their shames and to go back in their communities and just, just share their recovery and their experiences was so beautiful. So we wanted to come to the West Coast, closer to us. But, you know, the second highest population in our community is Los Angeles, is California. And it's such a recovery capital of the world. So we decided to do LA. And then we've just recently announced we're going to go back to the East Coast in 2020. We're gonna take a year off and do some other things. And we're going to do Miami in May of 2020 for a big conference.
0: That's awesome. I did see that announcement. So that is, that is really cool. I think people were kind of like hanging, like, Where are we, when are we going to meet again? You know, after, after LA, but they understood that you guys needed a, a break because it's like a full-time job to organize something that, that big for a year, right?
2: Yeah, it's like planning a wedding.
0: Yeah, for five hundred people,
2: people. <laughs> <Yeah>. five hundred women.
0: <laughs> well, Taryn, I am um, just—I think both of us are just huge fans of the of your work and working with your mom. And it's just been a pleasure to have you on our platform. And all your students seem so lovely and so great to work with. And uh, we are just so grateful to be part of your community in in the littlest, tiniest way. So thank you for working with us and and talking with us on the podcast today. So we're gonna run you through Proust's questionnaire. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Taryn, what is your idea of perfect happiness?
2: Contentment and just being at peace and just perfectly present and mindful in the moment.
0: What is your greatest fear?
2: Not being genuine or feeling confident enough to be real and authentic, which I've worked really hard to do. So my fear is, yeah, kind of letting that low self-esteem, low self-worth voice creep back into my psyche.
0: What is your greatest extravagance?
2: Well, I have a bit of a daily chocolate addiction, so that (laughs) might be it. (laughs) I had some before this call, which is 10.30 Pacific time in the morning.
0: (laughs) That's That's a dangerous habit. Which talent would you most like to have?
2: Sing. I wish I could sing, but I can't.
0: What do you consider your greatest achievement?
2: Oh, my recovery from a substance use disorder.
0: Where would you most like to live?
2: This is going to be a cheesy answer, but I love Victoria. I love where I'm living. It's where I always wanted to live and I'm here. So West Coast, Canada. That's not
0: That's not cheesy. What book are you reading right now?
2: Well, I usually have about 20 on the go, but the one that I'm making myself finish until I move on to the next one is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss.
1: Mm, right. And what is your motto?
2: My motto? you are worth
1: it. Okay. So Taryn, the last thing we want you to answer is to share with our community resource that can help bring them joy, something that, they could, that you love that you could share with them. And then also a tool that might help them hustle in their life or business, mm-hmm. but not hustle too much.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. So the joy thing that I would share is Moving your body in some way every single day. And for me, the reason that's just so in my mind, obviously yoga, that's the obvious part. But last week I took a new class. It's a bar called bar class. It's like a bar belly class, I suppose. And I again, like I was nervous to go to yoga. I was scared to go to this class because it was something new and I was all worried I was gonna look silly and I definitely did, but it was so fun, so and so so joyful for me to to be taking this exercise class that was focused around dance. So that brings me joy. So I I just say whether it's jumping on a trampoline or swimming or just finding moving your body a joyful way to move your body every day. And to answer the hustle question, I'm loving Tim Ferriss's book that I just talked about the four hour work week. He has a great podcast as well. But there's this Canadian gal, her name is Ange Peters, A-N-G-E and then her last name is Peters. She's from Toronto. She launched this new course in December that I took. And she's you can take it anytime. It's called The Beautiful Life Program. And basically, it's her blueprint of how she maps out her her days, her weeks, her months, and her quarters. And she, here's the thing: I'm not, I'm not naturally organized. I didn't get <laughs> I didn't get that gene. So of anyway, this course that I've taken, she has, it's just, it's really simplified it for me of how to organize my day. And she's a really, really big promoter of self-care. So she also encourages you, like you said, to hustle, but not too hard. We can't hustle unless we're also really taking care of ourselves properly first. So I recommend this course. I think it was maybe $100, totally worth it. And it has changed. It's only been a month but it has already changing my life in such profound ways.
1: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Taryn, for your time and for the work that you're putting out into the world. And thank you, a message to share with your beautiful and amazing mother as well for her work. And yeah, it's just been such a pleasure to get to know you.
2: Thank you so much to you two for all that you're doing for women in business and entrepreneurial women, because it's not an easy road. So thank you for being such a great resource. And thank you so much for Stream and creating that and for always just being so helpful and available. When we have questions, it's been such a pleasure and I can't wait
0: uh, thank you. to just
2: continue to co-create with you two and,
0: and be profitable, make some money.
2: Exactly. Right. <laughs> I know having a little bit of money with the yoga membership right now is like the biggest thing in the world for us. It's, it's <laughs> huge. Awesome. So thank you. That's great. Thank you so yeah. much.
0: Thanks, Taryn. Dum, dum, ready to go from I really want to build an online business but don't know where to start to wow I've just sold my first digital product that's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free become an online teacher course we've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher by the end of the week you'll have a digital product that's mapped out priced and ready to offer your community Head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free.